Welcome to the official podcast of the English Montreal School Board Holocaust Education Program, supported by a grant from the Jewish Community Foundation of Montreal for the 2022-23 academic year. Here are your hosts, Mark Bergman and Eliane Goldstein. Welcome to a brand new initiative of the EMSB. My name is Mark Bergman. I'm the grandson of Romanian Holocaust survivor Baruch Cohen, who is also a tour guide at the Montreal Holocaust Museum. So this project is very near and dear to me. And who better to have as a co-host than Secondary 3 Westmount High School students who created her very own podcast called The Effect on Us, where she has been interviewing Holocaust survivors. Hi, Eliane. Hi. So over the course of the year, Eliane and I will be interviewing survivors and talking to other students and staff about what they've learned from the new EMSB program made possible thanks to a Jewish Community Foundation grant. It'll include many guest speakers, activities and visits to the Montreal Holocaust Museum. So let me introduce you to uh, Eliane formally. And Eliane, I'd like you to give us a plug of your uh, of your podcast and tell us what you've been up to over the last year. So my podcast is called The Effect on Us. And basically, I interview survivors of the Holocaust and people that the Holocaust has affected. And I do it to sort of educate more people on what happened during that time, because as you might as well know, the Holocaust is being less and less talked about every day now. And I feel like it's our job as a future generation to spread awareness and to spread the stories of what happened during that time. Eliane, as you uh, look back at the year and listen back to the year, do you have one or two of your favorite or very special moments during your podcast, either that we heard on the podcast or that we didn't hear behind the scenes? Yeah, well, I did an interview with someone, Johnny Jablin, and he was telling me that when he was around 16 or 17, he was really desperate for food. And he went into a bakery and he stole a loaf of bread. And he was telling me that his mother asked him where he got it. And he said that he found it somewhere on the street. And then years later, he told me, like 70 years later, he was on the March of the Living and he saw that same bakery. And he went in and he tried to pay for the bread that he stole 70 years earlier. And the person that was working there at the time she wouldn't let him take the money but he insisted and i think that it was very sweet that after all that time he still tried to pay for a loaf of bread that he used to survive the war that's just one of very you know many interesting stories uh that you go into uh with a lot of the holocaust survivors the stories are are fascinating if you'd like to check it out it's called the effect on us podcast you can get it wherever you listen to your favorite podcast how much about the holocaust do your peers know and how aware are maybe some of your non-Jewish peers about the Holocaust? I think everyone knows what the Holocaust is, but I don't think everyone knows what actually happened during that time. And because of the education that's going on in schools, we haven't really much talked about it. So I'm not sure that my non-Jewish friends really understand the depth of what happened. And I'm not sure that they like understand that they know like certain details of what happened but i think that everyone knows and has heard of the term the holocaust and why do you think it's so important to continue to educate not only your peers and people your age but but the community uh, and especially people outside of the community at large uh, about the holocaust 
Well, because people died. Six million Jewish people died. And there's an unknown, an unknown amount of people that have also died. They're saying that it could go up to 50 million, which is a really big number. And I think that even though the Holocaust was over 80 years ago, it's still a very recent thing. And people, the survivors and the victims are still alive to this day. And I feel like it's important that the Holocaust isn't erased from history and that we can talk about it more to prevent what happened during that time. A lot of your guests, uh, you know, back in the day said, you know, before the war, that they witnessed uh, many anti-Semitic acts, uh, either, you know, be it towards them personally or their families and their, and their communities. How do you feel and what are your thoughts uh, about anti-Semitism today? I think that it's still so terrible how there could be anti-Semitism happening right now in 2022 after all that's happened, especially since after the war, the Jewish population still hasn't gotten to what it was before the war. I think now, like this year, it's getting to around the same number. I feel like it's terrible that people could be so ignorant and they don't really understand the depth of what anti-Semitism means and what and how it affects other people. Let's bring in our next uh, two guests on the podcast, Eliana, right? So we've got uh, Monique McLeod with us, Head of Education at the Montreal Holocaust Center. Hi, Monique. Hi. And Danica Swanson is here as well. She's a consultant for the Spiritual and Community Animation Service. Good afternoon, Danica. Hi, good afternoon. So the EMSB was was recently given a grant for Holocaust education. Why do you think that this grant is so important? Um, It's a great point. It's so important. I was thinking about as you were talking about, you know, the lack of awareness about the Holocaust. Yes, people maybe know the word, but do they know the details? Do they know the depth? Do they know the circumstances that led up to it? Um, And then you link that also with acts of anti-Semitism, which we also know are on the rise right now. And we think about how important providing quality education, but also education for students that's relevant um, and kind of connected to the community in a way. And I think this grant is gonna really help us connect. We have so many tremendous resources in the community of Montreal and kind of beyond. And with funding, um, we can make sure that we can take students into the community. We can take them to the Montreal Holocaust Museum. We can connect, we have um, a Jewish, I think it's the Jewish Museum of Montreal that do tours here. We have tremendous guest speakers. We have um, the Foundation for Genocide Education, which can come in and talk about the Holocaust and genocide more broadly. And funding is gonna enable us to ensure that more students can either get to these programs in the community or all of these valuable kind of community resources can also be brought into schools. And that way we can reach kind of all students and particularly students who may not um, have as much exposure or have as much kind of information and knowledge. So it's just really gonna open up more opportunities um, for education and community connections. And that's really exciting. And talk to us about maybe some of the opportunities to include the Holocaust and Holocaust education throughout the year. Yeah, I actually, I mean, I've come up with a list, but I think that's one of the things that we are trying to do more broadly. I think um, there are limited opportunities, I think sometimes to talk about the Holocaust in our curriculum. And it's one of the things that our service, our spiritual and community animation service, to try to talk about some of maybe the broader implications and lessons of the Holocaust 
what led to it, opportunities to talk about um, citizenship and individual and collective responsibility and what is the environment that led to something like the Holocaust happening and how do we um, recognize not just anti-Semitism, which is on the rise, but acts of bias and hate that are happening now and how do we speak up and stand out and so how do we take all these opportunities to um, educate students and then connect that back to the lessons of the Holocaust. So that can be when these incidents occur, responding in real time. That can be when we're preparing, trying to kind of prevent communities where those incidents are lower. But we have all sorts of, we have International Day of Peace coming up in September. There's Remembrance Day. There's International Day for Tolerance. There's um, right before Human Rights Day, there's a day to remember victims of genocide and prevention of crime. We have International Holocaust Remembrance Day, Yom HaShoah, World Refugee Day. And so thinking creatively about how on all these events where there's maybe some more publicity and awareness, we can connect lessons from the Holocaust um, uh, to these various events. So now it's 2022. So why do you think that like the urgency to start to teach about it? The urgency has always been there. Uh, a quote I, when I've been kind of doing some research about this programming that's really stood out to me, I've kind of put it in front of me now as, as I was thinking about the programs that we're looking at this year, and it's from the International Holocaust Remembrance Alliance, um, and kind of on the preface to their recommendations for teaching and learning about the Holocaust, they say, you know, it happened once, and it should not have happened, but it did. It must not happen again, but it could. And that's why education is fundamental. So I think that the urgency has always been there. I think, and I think I'm really proud that, you know, our service has um, tried to recognize a lot of these holidays. We've had events for Yom HaShoah. We've taken students to Ottawa for commemorative ceremonies. We try to address this more broadly, but I think sadly the real urgency is that it's ongoing. I think um, some of the statistics surveys that have come out recently that show that youth know less and less about the Holocaust. Um, and I also think that sadly that we're seeing rising levels of acts and incidents um, of anti-Semitism and bias and hate in general. And so I think it's absolutely critical that we kind of robustly kind of reinforce and expand these programs. And so I think that's what the grant is enabling us to do. Monique, I know we have a couple of tours booked with the MSB schools already, right, in September? Yes, they are already planned. <laughs> what do you hope these students and classes walk away with when when they leave? I mean, as, as Danica was saying, you know, we, we're, we hope that they um, just have a, a much more detailed and specific understanding of, first of all, um, the richness of pre-war Jewish life and the communities that existed and, and what, what, what was taken away, right, by the Holocaust. Um, we hope that they understand more clearly the um, specific context of the Holocaust, you know, the sort of, um, the, the circumstances that made it possible um, and, the, and the inaction, right, of the international community as well. And just understanding the, the scope of that, that progression and lead up to it. 
Um, we hope that they um, really, you know, hear hear from the survivors and hear the survivor stories and have that personal connection with individuals who experienced the Holocaust. And so that the what can be an abstraction, right? This number of six million that Ilya was talking about, this this two thirds of the European um, Jewish community, it's so hard to to grasp and fathom. But through the individual stories, um, through testimonies, and through the incredible objects and artifacts in our museum, you know, they they access the the uniqueness and complexity and diversity of experiences um, of the Jewish community during the Holocaust and afterwards. And also, we hope that they they realize how this story of the Holocaust is is part of you know their story as um, citizens of Montreal and as citizens of this city that was um, you know received so many um, such a large proportion of um, Jewish refugees. Um, and, and immigrants eventually to, um, you know, after the Holocaust. And so so the story of the Jewish Montreal community is, is all of our stories. And so, I mean, the, there are so many other things that I could go, go on about. Um, Danica, you spoke really wonderfully to the connections with, you know, contemporary anti-Semitism, racism, um, acts of hate, and et cetera. Those are obviously such um, important uh, tie-ins as well. Working at the museum, um, so there's naturally a, a bunch of different age groups that come in to see the to see the museum and to get the tours. How do you guys teach the different age groups differently? Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's a wonderful question. And 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 just to preface my answer, um, we do as a general rule, um, welcome students from grade six um, upwards, um, given the sensitive content of the museum. Um, and of course, we do adapt the, the, the specificities of what we're addressing in the guided tours um, and in our other programs with these students. So with the with our younger groups, the focus is more on, on resilience, on resistance during the Holocaust and on the ways that, um, you know, that that survivors or, and, and that the community and their families and that everyone you know, um, maintain their humanity, the ways that they helped others um, and the ways that they they managed to survive despite all odds. Um, across the museum, we, you know, there's a very conscious decision in the content of our museum um, to not show horrific imagery, to not show dehumanizing imagery. And, and it's because it's because we really um, explicitly want to um, humanize the victims, humanize the survivors and not focus on the kind of imagery that really reflects the, the Nazi viewpoint of dehumanizing them. And so so unlike other Holocaust museums, you know, um, not all of them do this, but some do that there aren't there aren't sort of the more horrific kinds of images around. There is still difficult content. Of course, this is the Holocaust. And so we're not shying away from it, but we're not showing it graphically. Um, so yeah, I guess that's more of the, the broad approach. Can you tell me about some, maybe some of the reactions that you get from, from students? Uh, you know, I know that when my grandfather was giving tours, he would, uh, constantly receive letters from <laughs> the students that, that, that toured from, you know, all around the province that were just in disbelief and in awe, some, some who actually never knew the Holocaust existed. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean, we so we do have, of course, the guided tours um, and also there's the survivor testimonies. So when students are in touch with an actual survivor like your your grandfather, of course, that's um, that's a whole other level of experience. And we do have so many students um, following the testimonies who send letters to the survivor that they met with um, speaking about how meaningful and how impactful um, this real contact with, you know, the human side of the history was. Um, during our guided tours, you know, often students 
are, you know, are astounded to see certain uh, artifacts. Um, we have an actual um, a ballot um, from a German election um, in 1936 that has only one name on it, right? Hitler. And so being coming into contact with these actual objects is is a real kind of um, reckoning with this history and, and, and you know, this this very tangible reality. Um, and I think also seeing some of some artifacts from our, our museum, like um, perhaps one of the best known is the heart from Auschwitz. It's this incredible little heart, um, a card um, that's, you know, fits in the palm of your hand and that was made um, in Auschwitz by inmates for, for someone's, uh, one of their fellow inmates' birthday, this teenager. Um, and seeing how this object was first created under those circumstances and then managed to survive and is with us still, you know, I think it really, um, Students are are really just you know in impressed and 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 um, moved deeply by the level of you know commitment and resilience and and willingness to to resist um, despite the horrific circumstances people found themselves in and I think it also brings a certain reckoning right of, of what can what 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 am I going to do in my own life these are these are how people resisted this is how people survived. This is not our reality today, but of course, um, you know, um, discrimination, um, persecution, and and just sort of lower level kinds of you know acts of hatred and stuff are just they're they're around, right? And so, what are the ways that students that, that they themselves can respond when they see instances in their in their school, in their communities, you know, in their own worlds? So we see a lot of students kind of grappling with with that takeaway as a result. What difference can they make? Danica, I know that there are um, a lot of community organizations that are taking a, pro a part in this project and funding this project. Can you talk a bit about that? Yeah, well, obviously the Montreal Holocaust Museum is a key partner in this, both with their kind of in-person programming, but their traveling exhibits as well. Um, the Foundation for Genocide Education has speakers that speak about the Holocaust, but also about other genocides. I think they have speakers that speak about the Rwandan genocide and the Armenian genocide. The Ezreli Foundation um, has provided you know, they have tremendous resources um, and speakers as well. And we're so kind of grateful for the opportunity to you know, work with all these incredible partners. Annika, anything I can ask you about the, the animators? I mean, I think the animators are, we're hoping that they play a key role in kind of in connecting the schools and the students to the community organizations that kind of best suit the needs. I think what's so great about the community partners we have is that they provide a variety of resources. So if they want the tour of the museum, obviously we connect them with, I believe, Monique and the Montreal Holocaust Museum if they want a virtual speaker, right? It, depending on the content of what they want, I think we can work. We have such a range of community partners that's kind of coming together um, for this grant that, um, you know, we've had an organization that says, if you need a speaker, if there's an act of anti-Semitism and you want a speaker, that, that we can kind of, our hope is that our animators in the school can connect the schools to the organization that kind of best meets the programming needs. So what kind of tours and things do you guys do at the museum? So at the Montreal Holocaust Museum, we have three um, programs that we offer to our school visitors. Um, we have the guided tour of our permanent exhibition. Um, we also have survivor testimonies, which um, for the first time since um, early 2020, we are so pleased to be doing again in person at the museum as of this fall. 
And we also have pedagogical workshops, um, which allow students to um, uh, view uh, short testimony videos um, from survivors and then interact and, and have a really hands-on experience of analyzing artifacts, um, photographs, documents, um, et cetera, objects um, from our collection that relate to the specific stories of uh, the survivor in question. So when student, when, when school groups come, they often book a tour and a testimony or a tour and a workshop for kind of a complete package. Thank you both Danica and Monique for joining us. And thank you for listening. We hope you check back with us through the year as Mark and I will be bringing you more stories and updates from this very special EMSB program made possible by a Jewish Community Foundation grant.